0: Thank you for listening to the Habits and Hustle podcast made possible by our friends at True TrueNiogen. So I've been a huge fan of True TrueNiogen for years, and I'm excited to share that I've recently began partnering with them. I literally don't miss a day taking it and think if you're only going to take one supplement, this is the one. And here's why, with, of course, a little bit of added science lesson for you. Our bodies produce a molecule called NAD, which is critical for cellular energy and repair. But the levels sadly decline as we age. A nutrient that can help increase our NAD is a form of vitamin B3 called nicotamide robicide, that's a mouthful, or otherwise known as NR. The most efficient way to get this is with a supplement like Truniogen because it's the best NAD precursor. True Niagen helps support our bodies against everyday stressors that can damage our cells like overeating, drinking, or staying up too late. In my opinion, no one is too young to take it. I wish I had known about this in my early 30s because I would have been all over it. What's most amazing is that True Niagen is backed by 18 clinical trials and has the endorsements of two Nobel Prize winning scientists. Go check it out at trueniagen.com. That's trueniagen, T-R-U-N-I-A-G-N. And we have a special offer for new customers to receive 20% off orders of $100 or more using the code HUSTLE20. Definitely run, don't walk to scoop them up today.
1: Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle.
0: Crush it. Today on the podcast, I had the pleasure of speaking with Tunde Oyenen, who is one of the most popular Peloton instructors I have ever seen. She has garnered such an audience and motivates people at a level that is just beyond. She also is now a new author of a book called Speak, which is Now a New York Times bestseller, it's called Speak, Find Your Voice, Trust Your Gut and Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. It's an empowering look into how she transformed grief and setbacks and flaws into growth and self-confidence. And triumph. She really is amazing. She's also, she used to be a makeup artist. She also now has a a podcast with Peloton called Fitness Flipped. And she's becoming very, very quickly one of the most popular motivational speakers on the circuit. So um, I really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast. We talk all about how you can turn your life around and you can make your pain your fuel and about resilience and I hope you enjoy. How many classes, by the way, do you do a day, or what's the schedule like when you? We're doing uh, this part of the podcast. By the way.
1: Oh, we started. Okay. Well, I didn't know that, girlfriend. Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, I used to teach pre-pandemic, twelve to fourteen classes a week. Uh, now I teach maybe six to eight classes a week. I think maybe three or four of those are live. Um, and then I don't even know. I, this is a really great question. Maybe I should sit down and count how many classes I teach a week. I would actually say, yeah, maybe like six, six to eight classes a week.
0: And I'm curious, I'm going to ask you right off the bat. So what do you, other than doing Peloton now, what, what kind of workouts do you do for yourself? Because, you know, or, or is it just, is it just cycling because you just like it so much or because you're doing it for a job? does it kind of feel like it's like too much already and it's not really actually like not, not that it's not fun, but it's like you're giving so much to your, to the class that it's not really your time. Right. So what do you do on your own? Right.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I think that any well-rounded workout encompass is fully encompassing. So I would never recommend to do one of anything, whether that's strength training, cardio, whatever. I love cycling. And so a lot of times cycling is my cardio, Um, But I definitely mix in strength training. That's lifting weights, Pilates, yoga, um, lots of core work. Um, And then in terms of it being my thing, like if I'm teaching a class that day, I don't necessarily uh, consider that my workout because, you know, when you work out a workout is a release, like you're releasing and then drawing inward, Um, kind of like you're escaping and you're forgetting the reality that's happening I would love to do that during a cycling class, but then I wouldn't talk and say a word or cue or, or know what song was coming up next. And so I'm so fully aware of what's happening next and what uh, what I need to cue in terms of, of cadence resistance, what's about to happen in the class. And so it, it isn't my workout. It isn't my release. It's my work, not my workout, if that makes sense.
0: It all makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. uh, years ago that I used to – do a lot of training for record labels. That's really how I started in, in my life, in my world. And so I did so much of it that I was so burnt out when I, I didn't even like to work out for myself, right? Cause I was so, I was doing the same thing with so many people that when mm. it came to me, I was like, Oh my God, here I go again. Like your passion that you turn into uh, a job, a lot of times becomes, you kind of it becomes lackluster, right? Sometimes because then you're burnt out. So you never get burnt out? Like, when, do you ever have totally, days? You, can't,
1: you know, I am a people person. Like, I feed off of human energy and connection. And if I was just teaching in an empty cycling room, I probably would be burnt out by, by now. I am teaching in an empty cycling room. <laughs> and I'm able to receive what's happening on the other end. And so I get Instagram messages, DMs. I see what's going on. I run into people at the supermarket. And so that's what fuels me, like the people piece of it. When I get to connect with the people that are on the other side of the screen, screen <laughs> on the other <laughs> side of the screen, that's what uh, that's what fills me up. I said scream because I think about what people are doing in my class. They're screaming at me. Right. right uh, but the right. people on the other side of the screen, yeah, that fills me up. You know, I was
0: saying to you before we got like our technical difficulty that um, the one thing I'm, I do a lot of fitness stuff, but the one thing I have never really done uh, continually is, is is spinning or Peloton, which is so funny because when I knew you were coming on and when we, when we scheduled this, I cannot tell you, I was saying like, everybody was so psyched for having, it was like, it was literally having like a rock star. It could have been like having, you know, Coldplay on or something. I just make it oh, whoever you know. Like people are like, oh my god! Like my doctor, my sister, my friends, like my neighbor. I mean, it's really remarkable because people see you. I mean, Peloton is so so popular, right? And people, you've like you hit so that what twenty thousand people you teach a day, let's say, right? Is that amount then now?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, up to in a live class, it could be anywhere from twenty thousand people in, in one live class that's happening. Not to mention. Uh, classes that live on demand that have various users all throughout the day.
0: Absolutely, like it makes it makes people like instant celebrities, right? Where people feel like they know you, they see you in their living room every single day, and it, it's 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 remarkable. So the the impact that you have on so many people uh, is is beyond. But is it strange for you because like that was it? We, was it strange to get used to like, does it feed you? How do you deal with it? Cause it's a lot like from not to having that. And, to, and then on the Peloton community, having so many people know who you are when you walk down the street or go shopping, like you said, that's like, that yes. is jarring. I, sure. I think
1: I, th- I think what's interesting about it is, you know, when you're as a Peloton instructor or rather as an actress, I think about uh, Jennifer Aniston who played Rachel for years on yeah. friends Jennifer Aniston played a character. And so as much as Jennifer Aniston is, you know, this very much likable girl next door, you fall in love with a character that she's playing until the day of now Instagram, where you feel like you know people a little bit better. Uh, The interesting thing about uh, Peloton instructors, we're not playing anybody. You're going in there as the role of yourself. And so, you know, like what I'm eating for lunch and dinner, because sometimes I'll talk about it in class, you know, if I'm dating anybody, because sometimes I'll talk about it in class. Um, And so you're really getting to see uh, someone from the inside out. And then the friend connection comes in, because this is somebody that you see daily. This is somebody who is struggling with you daily. This is somebody who's growing with you daily. This is somebody who is helping to push you uh, through or to overcome obstacles daily. So there's a really interesting, unique, and beautiful relationship um, that's formed out of it. Has it taken some time to get used to? Totally. I mean, uh, Peloton was obviously big before the pandemic. And then after the pandemic, it was like mass explosion. And so, you know, we went from isolation, not going outside, to then going outside and wearing masks and somewhat being recognized, like if I had my dog with me. Um, and then now that that, that the, the masks are off, it, it is definitely like stepping into this new space all at once. Um, but I welcome it. I would much rather people recognize me uh, for something they like versus being recognized as this person that you hate. So, so I, I take it and I welcome it.
0: No, they like you. I mean, honestly, like my, my dermatologist, who's, I don't know what she's over, I think she's around 60. She's like, can I come over and like meet? T-? Like and People are like, so excited. I'm like, well, I'm not doing it in person, this one, but it's really, it's a, oh it's a very nice gosh, thing. No, it's, it's great. I mean, so, I mean, we're going to talk all about your book, which I wanted. I really, by the way, I really enjoyed your book. It was, it was a really, Thank you yeah. did a really nice job. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to like, uh, you know, you became so popular. Like it's most of this, the instructors don't have this type of popularity, correct? Like you're probably the, what, top, top instructor there. Like you must be you and Co- this I mean, other guy. Cosby. I think Cosby?
1: <laughs> Cody, Cody, I Cody. Think that, I think... Cody. Each, each, each instructor has their own fan base and their, their own community. I look at uh, Peloton, one of the instructors named Sam Yo. He likened a Peloton instructor to the Avengers. Like each yeah. person plays a very, um, a very specific role. Uh, and you know, I don't think that we'd be as successful as we are. Without any one person on this team, no one would be as successful on their own. That's for sure. Um, and I think it really is like each character uh, bringing forth their specific role that makes this what it is. Like I wouldn't be strong without my teammates. Um, uh, we 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 definitely support one another and make this thing the magic that it is.
0: I love that analogy, actually. So h- what would be your role? What would, how would you define what your, what Avenger would you be?
1: Um, I think, you know, if I, if I think about what I bring to the table, I'm definitely the person who will motivate the hell out of you while kicking your ass um, with a smile on my face. Uh, not, not because it's not smiling at you because I'm kicking your ass, but smiling because it's this idea that we get to be in this space and bring out the best of ourselves within it. I always say, I will push you, but I will never let you fall. We work really, really, really hard in my classes, but we equally have just as much fun. Like, I hope that you smile within it. I hope maybe there's a point that you laugh. I hope that you're dancing to the music. Life is short. It's just a workout. Let's not take it that seriously. And with that being said, you had 30 minutes today you chose to spend that time with me. I'll be damned if I waste your time. So that's that's my outlook on it.
0: I love it. Okay, so let's talk about the book that you wrote, of course, called Speak, which is now like a New York Times bestseller, right?
1: Yeah, really incredible. Really wow. incredible.
0: That's amazing. So what made you decide to write a book now? And like, yeah, let's start with that. Like what made you like now, well, not now, but when you did it a year ago or whenever it started? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I said in the third grade that I wanted to write a book. I said that I wanted to write a book in the third grade. um, And that, that moment has arrived now. I think that my life and my story, it's filled with so much uncertainty. So much uncertainty. I think the last two years for so many people has been filled with so much uncertainty. I think the beautiful thing about uncertainty is that it leads you to infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And so then anything can be next. And so knowing what you know keeps you knowing only what you know. If my story, if my experience can be a guide, an example for anyone going through the shit that they're going through, then please allow my story to be the example, uh, uh, to, to aid you in wherever you are within your journey. I think that we're all very different people, humans. We're all different. I think that we're more alike than we are different. And when we're vulnerable enough to share our stories, then we see the common threads. Then we see uh, what connects us, that we really are um, a lot more alike than we are different. And so that's why the book, that's why now. I like
0: the sentence that you put, the, the beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility, which is so, such a true statement. And I love that you write, wrote that. The book also isn't linear, right? Like, you know, I kind of feel like when when you meet somebody, like, you know, you meet a friend, you don't tell them, okay, first, when I was six, I did this. And then at eight, I did that. Like you meet and you, your, your life kind of plays itself out as it goes. And I feel like with the book, it was very similar to that. It wasn't like super linear, right? When you wrote the book, uh, which is kind of, I feel like how life really is too, right? right. Uh, and so, but you've had a lot of like, you you had your own weight loss struggle. You had a lot of loss in your life. It sounds to me like your, your book was super, you, you kind of were very vulnerable in your book. And I wanted to kind of talk to you about your your whole evolution weight loss and how you kind of found confidence and how you help, what, how do you tell people that they can kind of go on that journey for coffee? Like, you know, how do they, how do they kind of build their own self-confidence?
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, you hear, you see someone and you assume that because they're happier, because they're full of joy, that life has just been peachy. Um, you see someone that's a fitness instructor And you assume that either A, they've always been fit Mm -hmm. or they've always been fit and they really enjoy working out like they (laughs) love it. And I wanted to share in my story, within the book, that my resilience is in response to trauma. My resilience is in response to trauma to trauma. I lost my little brother when he was 19 years old. And then three years after that, I lost my dad. And then three years after that, I lost my mother, all very unexpectedly. I lost half of my immediate family members within six years. And so I, although I would do anything to, to have any one of them back, I am who I am today because of my experience. Um, specifically to speak to the weight loss that you mentioned, I grew up overweight, was made fun of as a kid, all the things, um, I, in many ways, held my value to other people's opinion of me. I held my self-worth to what other people thought of me. And so, you know, I was very much, if anybody's taking my classes, I dance a lot, somehow clipped into a bike. Um, I didn't dance then because I didn't want to dance because if I felt like I did that, then people would see me. And then if they saw me, I felt like they would notice my size. Um, I didn't laugh loud because I felt like if I laughed out loud again, I'd get attention and people would see that I was in the room and then they'd see my size. And so I did so many things to minimize myself. I shrunk myself to fit in this tiny space that I felt like I needed to be in to fit in. And so, um, I, When I finally lost the weight, actually many years after I lost the weight, I had this self-thought reflection. And I said to myself, you know, for so many years, this is after losing the weight. For so many years, I felt like the world had finally accepted me. People had, had accepted me because I was skinny is what I told myself. So now they like me. And then after much time and reflection, I realized People didn't like me because I looked like them. People were gravitating towards me because I was finally showing them who I was. I was finally comfortable in myself to show them who I was. And so, if I was going to do all of this again, yes, I would have still um, found wellness. I would have still gotten healthy, but I would have loved myself before, during, And after, I wouldn't have waited till I lost the weight to find my confidence. I wouldn't have waited till I lost the weight to show people who I really was. Um, I think that so many people can relate to that story. Maybe it's weight loss, maybe it's not. Um, But I think that so often we shrink ourselves to become these characters, to play this role that we think that we need to to be accepted, uh, to be not categorized as other.
0: I mean that, yes, I think that's very true. I also think though, when someone does, uh, when, when you lose weight, right, I think there's a, that's a byproduct of a lot of different things that happen from that point. Right. Because then you feel, when you feel more physically confident, you feel more mentally confident and it kind of works hand in hand. So, You know, it's not it's not necessarily so people feel more comfortable being their more authentic self, I feel right when they have more confidence. And I think when you do have that weight loss, it does breed that sense of confidence. Right. Like what was the catalyst for you to even start the weight loss process? And what did you do? What was the first thing that you did? Like what was the process for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, I I will say, I think that you can be confident at any size. I don't think that weight I don't think that confidence looks a certain size and that's the connection and correlation that I didn't make before. I, I, I think that when you work out there's obviously the adrenaline that comes with it. Sweat is good for your, for your mental state. I wish that I just focused on movement versus a jean size. I wish that I'd focus on lifting weights, feeling strong, getting on a bike and moving for, versus trying to look like the popular girl. And so for me, um, it was that click. It was that connector that not only um, the, I, I got, I was gained confidence when I lost the weight for sure. But I think that what's kept me in this journey is that feeling. I come back to that feeling because I like feeling strong in my body. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, oh, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah, I mean it makes perfect sense. But I feel like the it's in that process where people start to shine and have the confidence because what also I feel happens is you're seeing yourself, you're 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 putting yourself in a situation that you're winning at, right? Like you're every day, you're like working towards something, you're showing yourself getting more strong, more fit, more, you know, you're you're you move more. I think the process of you actually showing up and doing something for yourself that's good gives you confidence. It's totally, not, it's totally. Not, it's not the number on the scale, right, it's right. The, it's the process. You know, a years ago, I had this weight loss show where we had these couples who at, would all basically whoever, whatever couple lost the most weight would win their dream wedding. Right? This was on the CW, like like 10 years ago. And in the process of that happening in the show, it, was, it wasn't it was so much about like the number that they were losing that made them confident. But in that process, they were like changing their careers. They were quitting their jobs. They were like really becoming the real versions of the, who they really wanted to be because they saw themselves succeeding in something. was right, It was, the, it was right. them like actually succeeding that kind of changed their... I guess their brain, their their brain chemistry, right? Like it was the neuroplasticity right. was changing, and so I'm a big believer. If you just actually do something to actually make that change for yourself, that gives you the empowerment, like to to for confidence as well.
1: Right, right. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. With
0: that. So yeah. You so, asked okay.
1: a question a second ago. Yeah, no, I yeah, I was gonna say,
0: So what exactly was that catalyst? They talk about the book. Your mom made that dress for you. What that was like? She did the two dresses, which. Yeah. I don't know. Was that the catalyst for you to go on this weight loss journey? And like, how did you start? I mean, what, like when other people, like when people listen, uh, to kind of just usually the, the hardest part for people is just in the start, right? So what mm-hmm. did you do and what can other people do?
1: Yeah. I mean, in, in order to begin this type of journey, you have to want to do it for yourself, period. Mm-hmm. Um, you, 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 you set out to do it for somebody else. And if, then that, then if that relationship is, there's a disconnect in that relationship, then you no longer show up because you were showing up for them, not for yourself. For me, I was supposed to be a, a bridesmaid in my aunt's wedding, which is the story you're alluding to mm-hmm. go to the bridesmaid store or the dress shop store. Dress doesn't come in my size. I had this moment where I broke down. My mother asked me what was wrong. And I said, you know, if I do wear a different dress, that's, than the bridesmaids, even if my dress is prettier, because I didn't have to wear the hideous dress somebody else was supposed to wear, everyone would know that I was the one that couldn't fit into the dress. And it was almost the, as then, as if that was going to be the giveaway. Like, because I've been trying to hide, trying mm. to hide, trying to hide. And now you see me walking down the aisle in a different dress, and then there's the elephant in the room. Like everyone know would know. Um, you know, my mom did end up buying two two dresses, sewing one dress together for me to, to for, so that I wouldn't, look different. Um, And she said to me, said something to me in that moment, my mother had never said anything about my size, always made me feel like I was the most beautiful girl on the planet. And she said to me in that moment, Ye tune, if you want to change things up, you have to make changes. And I think that was her way of empowering me uh, uh, to take this into my own hands that I owned this. Um, And so I started moving. And to your point, you know, people always ask, well, what's the best advice? I think give yourself, start with bite-sized chews. You have to feel like you're winning to continue to do it. If you set out and say, I'm going to start working out, I'm going to work out six days a week and I'm work out an hour every single day. If you haven't worked out in five years, that's a lofty goal, a lofty task. Mm-hmm. Start by saying, I'm going to do five minutes of stretching, do five minutes of stretching, Work work your way up to 10 minutes of a brisk walk and then, you know, start to add on from there. But when you, you give yourself these chews that you swallow and you feel like you're winning, um, then you're emboldened to show up and do it again the next day. Cause it feels good. I think to the point that you were making earlier.
0: No, I think that's a great, that's great advice. Um, why did you call the book speak? I mean, what it's, is it just you say it's find find your voice, trust your gut. It's a it's it stands for something. Can we talk about that and why you decided to call it that?
1: Sure. Speak is an acronym. Surrender, power, empathy, authenticity, and knowledge. I looked at those five words as elements and how they show up in my life. When I surrender, it results in growth, growth that leads to change. I speak to power in the book as like this drumbeat, this thing that I feel when I know that I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to do. The thing that you know that you're here to do. When you're moving in that, doing that, you're, you're moving and you can feel your power. Empathy is rooted in love. Not just love for others, but self-love. If I don't know how to love me, how can I love you? Authenticity is the intersection of truth and trust. When you trust yourself enough to show up as you truly are, daring the, to have the audacity to show up as you are and then lastly knowledge echoes of the past inform the future every experience every misstep every opportunity all of the trauma all of the hurt all of the wins you use all of that to move you and guide you into the next space speak surrender power empathy authenticity I love knowledge that.
0: I love that. And you felt like you said that you kind of always you once you kind of had this. You started. You had your, what you tried your first spin class in LA just because there was the the gym in the in the hotel was terrible or something. And then you knew that was your calling. But you know what I want to talk. I wanted you to talk about how the resilience and like about resilience and about that you didn't necessarily. It took you a year to get the job at the on Peloton, right? Like you didn't get it right away. And it was, can, is yeah. this a, do you hear? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Cause you, you froze for a
1: second. We froze for a second, but you're back.
0: Yeah. Same. Back. Okay. Good, 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 good. I want to talk about that because a lot of times it's people think that when they didn't get something, then that's it They're they're you know, it's, it's, it's over for them. But a lot of times that's not, that That could just be the the beginning of the path. And so it's why I love that. I'm actually, I love that you didn't get it because the fact that you got it a year later and became so popular and like, obviously, you were meant for this is just kind of just proof that, that, that people should not be just giving up on their first chance. So, I mean, it's amazing. So, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, I was actually, I lived in LA at the time and I was in New York. I was a makeup artist at the time. So, I was in New York on a, on a makeup gig had a cycling class or went to a cycling class that changed my life after my very first cycling class. um, I had what I call this blue light vision, this divine download of information where within five seconds, I felt this wave of blue energy move through my body. And I knew that I, again, after my very first cycling class, I knew that I'd be cycling for the rest of my life. I knew that I'd be teaching it. And I was most certain that I'd be teaching it on the world's biggest platform, able to touch hundreds of thousands of millions of people. I didn't even know what Peloton was at the time, but I believed what I saw to be certain. And so, you know, I get what back was to LA.
0: By the way, what was it like, what was it like that, that just kind of impacted you so much? What was it? What part of the experience were you like, oh my God, this is going to be my, my, my future?
1: What was it about the cycling experience
0: or the yeah, vision? Yeah, like what was but both. Like what? How did? Because like, you were a makeup. You were a very successful makeup artist. Like how? How did you? Why did you not think that was your path? Like why did you think the pellet? God. Well, I was
1: in this space of uncertainty. I mean, everybody, mm-hmm. you have this dream job, and you work so hard for this dream job, and then when it feels like your dream job is not it anymore, it almost feels like a breakup. You're so you you're confused. You thought that you were meant for each other, and so I was living this. You know, from the outside looking in, this incredible job—other people would have killed for the for the job I had. Sorry I would have that. killed. For it. That's okay. Other people would have killed for the job I had. I would have killed for the job that I had. Um, and then I woke up one day and realized I hate this. And so I'm in this space of uncertainty. I'm in New York in this cycling class. I'm in this state of euphoria. Moving meditation is what I call it. And, you know, I think some people may have that connection to running where it Mm -hmm. just feels like you're so connected, so aware, and finally so present. We spend so much of our day not present. Finally so present. In this class, I was so present. Mm. I was so awake. Um, Everything felt aligned, clear. And so I'm out of this class now having what I call, again, this blue light vision. Most certain that this is what I'm supposed to be doing more certain than I've ever been about anything in my entire life. Um, and so I believed it to be true. And then I got back to LA and imp- imposter syndrome sat in imposter syndrome said, you don't look like sound like move, like talk, like motivate, like an instructor, you couldn't be an instructor. So I went through that whole battle for like eight months before I finally went and got certified auditioned at a mom and pop studio was working there some, maybe three months when I get, uh, an Instagram DM from this guy, Cody Rigsby, who says he's one of the leads at Peloton. I should come out on audition. Auditioned. Left. He told me it was one of the best auditions he'd ever seen. A month later, I get an email that says, we regret to inform you. We won't be moving forward. And so, yeah, I was I was devastated, heartbroken, all the things. I'd have this vision. I was so certain. And then out of this blue, this guy DMs me. This guy who could change my life, I didn't ask to audition. Everything's adding up. Everything's in line and moving in motion with what i saw to be mine. I auditioned. He told me I was amazing. Then I get this uh, the information that they won't be moving forward. And why? So it felt like, why well, by
0: the way, I don't even understand. If you if you had a great audition, why did you not get the job initially? I don't it wasn't.
1: Even it, it wasn't. Uh, there was a vote. There was a vote, and so uh. every person on on the vote had to to say forward. Say yes, move forward. I will say that the, the 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 there was shift in alignment alignment, and so the people that had said no had exited the company, and so Cody came when when our our new leadership came in. Cody said, "Hey, watch this tape," and they said, "You know, basically, why is this girl not here? Call her back." Went back, um, audition, and then got the job uh, the second time around. I think that you know I went through this really really dark phase where it felt like another great loss. As I mentioned, I know trauma way too well. And so it felt like another loss in my life, not because I didn't get a job, but because something that I believed with certainty was not realized. Um, And so I was in this dark space until I moved out of it. And I reminded myself that I truly believe that everything in life is happening for me and nothing is happening to me. Everything in life is happening for me and nothing's happening to me. And if I didn't get the job, then I wasn't supposed to get the job and that was happening for me somehow. And I would see it later, you know, and I, I, I'm so grateful now, just kind of like you just mentioned, I'm so grateful that I didn't get the job the first time around. I think that I started um, in at the right time. I don't know that we'd be having this conversation. I don't think that I'd be um, in this space uh, if I'd started any sooner than I did. I think I arrived at the exact um, right moment. And now to kind of circle back to to where we started, this is, yeah it, it's so hard to see the why when you're in it but then whenever you meet the destination and I say that in air quotes because we, we never really meet the destination we're always working whenever you meet that point you're able to turn around look at look behind you and you get to see all the breadcrumbs and then you start to connect all the points mm-hmm. and the dots and you realize that each point within the story had value had meaning, meaning whether this is doubt or uncertainty that you're having about your job, like me, or not getting a job or a relationship, a relationship with a friend, a relationship with your partner. When you're in the, the, the thick of it, the trauma of it, if you will, oftentimes, um, When we get to the destination, when we find our way out of it, we forget to look back and reflect on all the necessary points, the ups and downs, the missed opportunities that led us here. I think that when you're able to do that, to have gratitude for all the missteps, then when you find yourself in a space of opportunity or uncertainty again, you remember, you go back to data. Data, my life's data shows me that I always make it through everything. As my uh, teammate head instructor Robin Arizon always says, you've made it through 100% of your bad days. And when I am make it through the other side of it, it's important to reflect so that, again, when you find yourself in a similar space, again, you're able to recall data. Data shows me that I make it through tough shit. Data shows me that I'm resilient. Mm-hmm. Data shows me that this is working in my favor and I'm not, I'm not, I don't see it right now and I don't actually have to because it's not for me to, to know yet. Um, but I'll know it soon. I trust in that. That's, I mean, where do you get this, uh, where did that, that whole, it's happening for
0: me, not to me, that kind of mindset, where is that from? Have you always just been like that? Or is it just over time and what you've lost in life kind of, shifted you to there?
1: Yeah, I think all of it. I think that I, I knew pieces of it then, um, but didn't realize that I knew pieces of it then, echoes of the past and form the future. Um, when I reflect now, I think I, I've always sh- had this mindset, but maybe wasn't able to necessarily articulate it. Like I mentioned before, I would do anything to get to be with any one of my loved ones, even for a moment, I would do anything, give up anything, to have 30 seconds with them, a second with them. Um, and still I know that I, I stepped into this version of myself, the greatest version of myself, and losing them. I realize how valuable, how much value there is in each breath, in each step, in each day, in each moment. Even the days that suck are precious mm-hmm. because there's value in it because I got to have that day. I got yeah. to that day.
0: But that that type of uh outlook and that type of mindset it's that that's something that feels like it's been it has to like how do people who they don't feel that way where how do they get to that place right because it's like you 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 seem to have a lot of wisdom and you're young. I mean, who do you look to for like wisdom or what books do you read or who do you ride Peloton with? Like what what do you do, yeah. where do who
1: do you find? To I mean, made. I think a lot of it, my mindset, a lot of it comes from my mother, just the, my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When I'm in doubt, I remember to speak, surrender, power, empathy, authenticity, and knowledge. Every single time I surrender, like really, really, really let go. Change comes in. When I am connected to my power, I think that power is purpose. Purpose is living a life of service, in purpose, on purpose, of purpose. When I lead with empathy, love for people, when I can let go of a situation because I have love for myself, when I'm true to myself, when I use all of the things that I've collected, um, I, I, I'm able to get from one space to the next. Be, find your voice, trust your gut, get from where you are to where you wanna be. I ask, I, I ask myself, um, how do I allow myself to let go when I'm in those moments? How do I allow myself to let go? I'm not in control. I didn't get to control what happened, but I do get to control how I react. Um, I think for me, it, it, it's it's that piece. It's that piece.
0: Okay, this has all been great. So basically, why don't you, this was? Thank you for being on the, the podcast, and and why don't we just kind of wrap it up and you tell us where people can find you besides Peloton, of course, because we all know we can find you there. Um, by the way, are you ever going to be doing like Peloton treadmills or are you basically Peloton bike and the strength training? Bike? Is there any kind of crossover for people who like the treadmill, not just the bike? Or
1: Yeah, I teach uh, bike and I teach boot camp and strength classes. Um, look, if somebody wants to get up on the tread and run <laughs> for me, I will <laughs> gladly teach. I never say never, but right now I'm good i have a really interesting relationship with running i hate the idea of running and then the second it's over i every single time jen i'm like that felt so good i feel so great right and so yeah i, I think that i'm just gonna leave running right now this chapter in my life i'm gonna leave that as my outlook outlet um and not and not let that feel like uh work yet so we'll see i'll tb tbd okay okay T-b-d-d. good
0: good 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 because yeah. that's my thing i love the running, so i had to ask at least right oh
1: yeah well, I, I have a i hosted the peloton podcast which is called fitness flipped um if you download this is like you can take this out or leave it but it's a peloton app yeah. and you can so the podcast is like a moving podcast so i'm talking interviewing different celebrity guests and you can walk and like get points for walking while you're or run while you're listening to the podcast, which is I really cool that. because then, yeah, 30 minutes goes by so fast and you forget you were working out because you were listening to insight from whichever guest was on. So shameless no, plug, I, but. It's not a
0: shameless plug. I actually, I love I just wrote that down. I didn't know you even had that. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So where else can people find you? What else are you doing? Are you doing anything with Nike? Are you doing anything else that people can find you with? I know you, or makeup. I know you have a lot of great, like great, um, endorsements and sponsors, but yeah, is there anything with yeah. Nike? Are you a master trainer with
1: them or? Uh, I'm a Nike athlete. I'm their first instructor to ever be named Nike athlete, which is like, when I say wildest dreams come true, like I wouldn't even have even dreamt for that because it was so outside of the scope of what I even thought was possible. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, one of the faces of Revlon, which is really incredible, yes. but you guys can find me at speak or at tune two like the number 2 2 day 2 to do day i should be on twitter and the tiktok and all the things that gen z does um uh, but i'm like i'm a work in progress and right now instagram and kind of facebook is what i do sometimes
0: i love it that's a lot a good, that's a full time job right there hey isn't it oh my god is it ever uh why well, wish do you nothing. do the instagram and all that of course i do a lot of instagram yeah. i'm on tiktok um but mostly Instagram is making my heart like is the one I'm like super strong on. Facebook right. I just can't even bother. I mean I I have I'm just too busy. I have that now with the YouTube. I mean every day there's a new platform that people are like you have to be doing. You got to be going on there. I like just started with the TikTok like four or five months ago, and you know thankfully it's going okay. But like. I got to tell you, like each one of these, like each vertical takes up an enormous amount of time. Right, right,
1: so right. So it's a lot, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, lot. and with
0: your book it's tour, I, are you almost done with all of this? Because I mean, I'm sure you've uh, done like a On The book tour, thousand. yeah, we
1: just wrapped on the book tour. It was incredible, like insanely incredible to meet all the people, well, many of the people on the other side of the screen. And so rewarding, like I felt like so... It's nourished. nourished. Oh, absolutely. How because it?
0: people like truly like love you. I mean, it's a, it's a great thing. Oh, I wanted to ask you, how many people can you actually see when you're doing your Peloton? Like you, how many people physically are you able to see? Because you probably don't like know. Like their faces? Yeah, their faces. Nobody. Nobody at all, right? Like, because there are other no. places and now you can see. are always so
1: concerned that I can see them when I'm teaching class. If you were in a live class, I could see your yeah. stats. But I, I have no time to do that. I can't breathe. I'm sweating and there's sweat in my eye and I'm trying to like talk and tell tell, tell people what's next. I have to like push buttons and do all of that to see what anybody's doing. Uh, nobody has time for that. So, so nobody's looking at your stuff. What's no-
0: amazing to me, nobody, you like <laughs> everyone knows you, but you don't know anybody. So which is so crazy to me, right? I,
1: it is, but I, I do. It, it's wild. I mean, I think that, you know, the the members understand it. Like there's such a connectivity. I've seen people that are not only best friends, there've been people that have met on the leaderboard and literally got married. Um, there are people that fly, uh, and have meetups annually a few times a year. Even there's it's, it's, we ride together, but truly we're not alone. Like there, it's called connected fitness for a reason. There's, So much connected connectivity in it. When I left the mom and pop studio in LA to work for Peloton, that's what I was most fearful of that I would not be able to connect. And that's why I got into this business. And I was wildly, um, I was proven wrong. I was proven wrong. Yeah, there's so much connection. You'd be, you'd be amazed.
0: It is. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I am amazed actually. Cause I, like I said, everyone in my life is like addicted to Peloton, but me. So it's amazing that this is even ironic that I'm doing this interview with you. So I, 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 like we got to get you
1: on there. Yeah. I know,
0: I know. I have been doing the strength training a little bit here and there, but, um, okay. I, I'm more about the treadmill and about hardcore weights. And, but I will now that I have, now that we did this, I'm, I'm now like drawn to try this. Class, a class of yours, so there you there go. There we go. You we converted another person. There you go. Yay! Maybe next
1: time you stay at a hotel, you'll see a bike, or maybe you'll go to your your neighbor's oh. house and, and ask her to use her bike.
0: I have a bike. What are you talking about? I mean, oh my gosh! Well then, yeah, get on there. Get There's on no there. excuse. There's no excuse. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So no, no, no. There's no excuse. So I, I know you got to wrap it. So I will talk to you later, or I'll see you later, or I'll talk later. But again, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for being on the podcast. And like I said, I really enjoyed reading your book and even getting to know you, even though I don't really know
2: you, but you know.
1: Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to read it. Thanks so much for having me on and everybody. Thanks for listening